uh, new members and doing a baptism, it is appropriate and in fact required that some explanation of what's happening in baptism is given when we do it. And so I decided today to be a little bit different and uh, to uh, actually do a little bit of a lengthier description of that uh, and then kind of a little bit of a sermon at the end too. So we've sort of got two sermons. Uh, I'm not going to read the text that's listed for this time frame um, because I decided to do something else with it. I'm just going to simply talk about membership and baptism for for a couple minutes and uh, give a little description of what's happening today. Membership, I think, has really lost its meaning. I don't know about for anybody else, but if I opened up my wallet right now, and if you opened up your wallet right now, you'd probably find you are members of a lot of things, right? I'm a member of about three grocery stores, two pet stores, and a video store. We're getting to a point where membership means I don't know what. And uh, um, so we as Christians, though, believe a particular understanding of membership. The word membership is not really a very biblical word. You won't find the word member used a lot. But you will find uh, uh, language of the body. Paul talks about how we are all members of the body, we belong to the body, and we have a particular purpose to play in this body. I mean, the metaphor is that you all are body parts, right? We've got some fingers and some eyes out there and some ears, and the body works, right, if we all play our part, if we all are good members of what's going on. And so we have formalized that to... to uh, um, to acknowledge in somehow the way the Bible talks about belonging. Because in the Bible, they don't keep membership roles that go to the denomination and that kind of stuff. But they do consider you part of the the body in your community. So you're supposed to listen and be part of what's going on in your town and in your worship center. There weren't in those days multiple churches in town like we have today. And so you needed to be part and you needed to be under the leadership of a pastor and other leaders that would guide that church. And so we formalized that to mean membership. So to become a member in the Presbyterian church, you you have to be baptized. um, And we'll talk a little bit more about that. You have to go through some kind of teaching about what it means to be a member, which for our members today, I did with each of them. And actually, membership is something that's done by the session which means that the members we are receiving today are already members because the session already accepted that they were members. Today is just a public acknowledgement of what the session has already done. Uh, I should also say today that we as a church started a new role uh, of keeping track of members, what we call the Friends of Westminster. What we acknowledge is that there are some people that want to be a part of our church that are either distant So there are people that live in other states that are still part of our family when they come home, but they're not here regularly. Or there are some people who just have membership other places, and so for for various reasons, they don't want to become a member here. And that can happen a lot of different ways. But we have what we call the Friends of Westminster role, which is for people who kind of fit in that category. See, what's important to us is not that you're on the role, but that you really belong and are part of the body. That's more important to us. Uh, And in fact, if you're a member out there and you're not really part of the body, we would like you to really be here and be a part of what we're doing and share of yourself in that. That's more important to us than the membership role. But it is also special when people come forward and say, no, I want to be a part of this body. And so today is a special occasion for that. 
Today we'll have five new members joining and we also add three people to the friends role. Today we also do an infant baptism. And so I want to talk about what happens in baptism because we have a very developed and particular way of understanding what we're doing here. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to become a Jew, you didn't have to be born a Jew. You could become Jewish. And the way you did that was you had to take part in a couple of things. You had to be taught the Jewish faith. You had to be washed ceremonially. That normally happened in a pool where you would kind of walk down the stairs and be underwater and then walk back upstairs on the other side and you would be washed new. You would be washed clean and come up the other side new and part of God's people. Um, You also had to be circumcised if you were a man and identified physically as part of the Jewish people. And you had to be sprinkled with water at the sin offering. So there was a sprinkling, a dunking, and then the never quite as fun circumcision part of the process. Where you became Jewish. And what that meant was you became part of the Jewish community. But it also affected your relationship with God. Suddenly you were one of God's children. You were part of God's chosen people. And so baptism takes those images in the New Testament and and makes them kind of put together for how you become a Christian, how you become part of the Christian community. The word baptism means to be plunged, to be inundated, to be drenched. It's used primarily in two ways before the Christians get a hold of it. Are you ready for this? People don't understand this. One is drunkenness. It's considered you you were baptized if you were so inundated with alcohol that you were drunk. And the other way baptism was used was for shipwrecks. You know, the ship is kind of sinking, filling up with water. And then when it is finally plunged beneath the depths, the word was it was baptized. It was swallowed up by the water. And so the the Christians take a hold of this term baptism and create this sort of format that that was already started in John the Baptist and other people to say this is how we're going to identify our people. They're going to be washed clean they're going to be born again, to, be, to, to die to themselves. And it, it, we miss it a little bit when we do it like this, sprinkling with water. By the way, as Presbyterians, we could also go to a river and dunk people. It's not for us about how we do it. It's the symbolism. It's what we feel is going on. And so we, we, we're going to sprinkle little Jackson here in a little bit. And what we're, what we're saying is that he's, he's dying in some way to his old self, to his sinful self, and coming alive that he is rising up with Christ. Now, in our theology, we do not believe that baptism is saving. So you can be saved without being baptized. And you can be baptized and not be saved. This is not about saving little Jackson. This is about for us today, recognizing that we believe God will save him when the time comes. Our theology doesn't emphasize our choice in saving. Our theology emphasizes that you and I are so sinful that we would never choose God. The only way we would choose God is if God wooed us, if God brought us to faith. And even people who have later in life come to a knowledge of Jesus, you know what often happens for them? They often, through circumstances, sort of called back to God. Um, And I think that that's right. And so today we celebrate any baptism. We don't celebrate the person's choice. We celebrate God's work. And that's why we can do it for an infant. Because we're not even in an adult celebrating their choice. We're celebrating that we believe for Jackson that God is going to woo him when he comes of age. 
that God's going to call him unto himself. And so we believe that, that his parents, but also that we as the church can call that and can claim that and can pray for that. But also we all are going to commit today to work on that, to raise him up in such a way that God has every chance to woo him because we're going to train him up to know about that. So baptism happens between God and us. It happens vertically, but it also happens horizontally in that we are accepting Jackson among us and promising to take care of him. This also means, this means a couple things for us. Number one, we can do baptism different ways. We can dunk, we can sprinkle, we can even pour over the head. Today we're going to sprinkle because it tends to freak babies out less. And we don't have a big pool in here. So that's what we're going to do. But what, what's important to us is the sign, that it's a sign of something going on inside of Jackson. That also means that we never rebaptize. I've had people ask me that. You know, I was baptized as a baby, and I didn't know what I was doing. My parents didn't really follow that. And now I'm following Christ, and I want to get rebaptized as a symbol. And I always tell them, sounds like God was pretty faithful to the first one, right? Sounds like God called you back. This is also why we don't do private baptisms. Even if there was an emergency and there was a potential of a child being lost, you know what I would do? I would take a few of our church members with me because it's not just about the baby and God or the pastor putting some kind of magic water. It's also a communal thing. So even though we don't believe that baptism is saving, we do, as Presbyterians, have a high view of baptism. What we do today is important. And guess what? For most of you today... This happened at some point in your life that God called you, that other people recognized that God was going to call you, that you were claimed. But also your baptismal certificate is your commissioning as a missionary. It's your invitation to be part of God's plan and God's work in this world. So as we do this baptism today, don't just think about what's happening for Jackson. Also think about what happened for you in your own life when you went through this. And you know what? If you've never been baptized, come talk to me. I'd love to talk with you about that and do that for you. Let's pray. Lord, as we accept new members and as we do this baptism, I pray that you would speak and work in their lives. Let us be a congregation where people find you and live out that commitment fully. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.